Episode 5 of What Most People Think. Whatever made you subscribe to this, download this, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is, well, this is like, uh, it's a show about politics, social issues, men's issues and stuff. But it, it's coming at it from, from the idea that, that most people, the overwhelming majority of people, are decent. And it also comes from the idea that outside, you know, outside the liberal bubble, I know it's become a cliche, but it's become a cliche because it is a thing. I would argue that the liberal bubble isn't isn't even a bubble anymore. It's becoming a bunker. They're, 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 they're embedding themselves further in. So, so, but obviously most people live outside of that. So this show is just trying to get uh, grips with what, what it is, just have reasonable opinions on the, the hot button issues of the day. That sounded wank, didn't it? That sounded awful. The hot button issues of the day. A sideways glance at the news. Anyway, I've had a, <clears throat> I've had a pretty good week. I took my son to the Imperial War Museum this week because uh, I'm old school. Uh, but no, I take, I take, basically I take him to the one at Duxford because they've got a lot of planes there and he likes planes. I'm not, I'm not trying to say to him that, that war is a fantastic... Well, you know, I mean, like war is kind of. Cool. It's no denying that war's like smoking. All right, it's kind of cool, and you just have to accept that fact. Whilst dealing also with the reality that it does cause death. He was asking me about goodies and baddies. You know, so who, what was that for, Dad? Well, that was uh, that was to to shoot the the enemy. And what were they baddies? I was like, well, you know, not to them. I'd imagine. You know, they were just. Uh, they're just carrying out orders, son. Then, then you're into a murky area. Like Hitler was bad, son. Hitler was bad. The geezers just with Goebbels, that lot, not good. Chain of command, probably a few further down. Then it gets a bit murky, son. And you know, at the end of the day, he's free. So perhaps next time we'll just go a soft play. So what will we be talking about this week? Well, firstly, me being a prick for asking myself a rhetorical question. I thought, why have I done? I hate, I hate when people do that. You know, when politicians and sports people ask themselves questions like, yeah, are we, are we pleased with the result? Yeah, possibly. Could we have played better? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, am I having a weird bipolar episode in front of a camera? Um, yeah, we'll be talking about global warming and we'll be talking about uh, co-op, degendering the gingerbread man. So yet another totemic figure of the patriarchy falls, lads. We'll also be talking about the increasing pressure on men to look good, both in films and in life, okay, after an interview with the bloke from The Bodyguard, uh, he maybe just can't keep up the fucking six-pack, but he, the guy's broken, <laughs> he's broken down, and he's uh, it's a cry for help. And finally, in men's health, we'll be looking at being present, okay? Lads, are you, are you present? Are you present enough in your lives? Do you, do you show up in a big way for the people that need you? Um, so that's the agenda for this show. So before we, we crack on with the show, uh, we've got, just got to do thank yous. Thank yous and fuck yous. Can I just say something as well? Like, I, I, didn't, put this, I didn't put this in as a thank you, but thank you to, to everyone that's contacted me and interacted with me about the podcast. Genuinely, I didn't think when I started this that I would enjoy it that much. It's become like a really great thing. And when people speak to me about it um, at gigs and stuff and, and online, it's such a direct thing. So I don't know where... Where you're listening to this now, whether you know you're you're at work and you're trying to piss away the afternoon, yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. Quarter past four, you look at this roughly forty odd minutes. I'll just just put the old AirPod in or the ear the earbud. Are you doing it like that? Maybe maybe you're a lady. Yeah, we had some interaction from our lady listeners. Maybe you're you're doing it. You know, you just put an ear earphone in while you're doing the housework, right, ladies? Yeah, that's what women do, isn't it? Housework. 
just makes uh, makes those household chores just that little bit easier. <laughs> Ster- I don't know. I'm stereotyping, but I'll tell you this: stereotypes are there for a reason. Outside, uh, you know, outside the M25, I guarantee there's women that's just things haven't moved on. A lot of women are still using mangles. They they, they like the pleasure of, of repairing socks themselves. Okay, I'm going to stop here. But yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. And so thank you uh, on, on that one. Thank you to the Imperial War Museum. Uh, my, my son, as we were walking down one of the main bits where all the planes come down, he fell and hit his head and there was uh, there was staff there immediately. And they were very... Uh, he didn't hit his head hard. Um, to be honest, they fucking overreacted. The guy was like, first, I was grateful that there was someone around who cared. But then he was he kept going on about, like, oh, do you want me to get the ambulance? I was like, all right, mate, now you're making him paranoid. But I, I, should, I, should, I should make this um, a, a, a thank you. He, he genuinely seemed concerned. Uh, fuck you to comedians winding me up before I go on stage about politics. I've had it a couple of times recently, as obviously Brexit has, you know, imploded to a degree and the Tories with it. I've had a couple of comedians thought they'll rib me about it gently. These are friends, people that I like. But you know what? Actually, thank you to them too, because I've gone on and had really good gigs and I've opened with political stuff, which I don't always do. So be careful what you wish for, comics, yeah? You want to you wanna wind me up? Yeah, in fact, I wanna, I'm going to hire somebody to do that on tour. I'm going to hire just a little pro-remain Corbyn type person just to sit in my green room. <laughs> And just wind me up with uh, leftist remaining cliches. I think that'll get me in the right headspace. I'll, I'll, I'll hit the I'll hit the stage with the right energy then, and I'll, I'll pay. Obviously, I'll pay that Corbynista. I'll pay them. I don't know. I'll pay them the kind of wages that they would earn under Corbyn. I'd like to say thank you for um, to my son for punching me in the balls this morning. Um, it's always a weird moment, isn't it? It's that heady mix of. Uh, of pain and pride because he really connected on the one side of the pain because obviously there's that moment before bollock pain really kicks in uh where you you just it's almost like a moment of clarity he connected man there's no getting around it it was an undeniably brilliant haymaker so um thank you and it really woke me up as well i was a bit late getting up i needed to crack on so it's a bit like coffee that's what i think if you're trying to get off coffee get like a three-year-old son and just go and stand at that level. And there's every chance that they will punch you in the nuts. And uh, that will certainly get you in the room. Fuck you to, uh, to my, my Twitter followers, really. I did a campaign last week. I decided, I thought, you know, with all this Brexit uncertainty, right? It's obviously bad for business. And I was thinking about businesses that have started up since the referendum. And I thought, man, you got to have some balls, right, to have done that. So I thought, I'm going to, instead of taking advertising, paid advertising on the podcast... I thought that uh, I thought I would do some free adverts. I did a little video. I thought it was really funny, and uh, my wife did say to me, she said, "Just just just be aware that this might not play out how you think." I don't know. She's she's generally right about stuff, which is kind of annoying. But um, but nothing. No, in fact, actually, um, I haven't checked the email address, so I'll I'll check that now. Hang on. Well, yeah, I checked, and that was annoying because there was an email there, the first email in account. I got excited, and it said. Uh, it's from YouTube. It's a generic. <laughs> so I offered free advertising to businesses. All they had to do was prove to me that they uh, they'd started since the date of the referendum. And I was going to give two, three, 30-second adverts. Even if you was a Remainer. Do you know what I mean? Even if you was uh, if you was a Corbynista and had some shitty little cottage industry of you fucking weaving like mats out of your nose hair or whatever his Corbynistas do. I... <laughs> I I was going to do that, but you know what? You've hurt my feelings. Yeah, either that, or I conclude that Brexit Britain is absolutely booming. Yeah, that people don't need free adverts. So I I'm I'm hurt. Like you know, I put my feelings out there. No one took it up, so I'm going to go the other way now. 
this is going to be my revenge. I'm going to do free adverts for exactly the sort of uh, evil corporations that people despise. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to I'm just going to pick and, and well, uh, uh, Nestle, Nestle, bring in bring in formula milk to Africa out of the goodness of their arts. There you go. But the good thing was it, it did do is it made me set up a uh, an email address for the podcast. Because I, I, I do, I, like I say, I'm buzzing about doing this podcast. I want to communicate more directly. So if you want to com- contact me, if you want to contact me about the podcast, uh, email whatmostpeoplethinkuk, or one word, at gmail.com. And I suppose the things are men's health, men's mental health issues. That would be a good one. If there's particular things that you want me to uh, address... And like I said last time, you know, maybe ladies' mental health as well. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about ladies' mental health, about the pressure of all that, all that ironing building up. Right, ladies, I understand the struggle. Anyway, <laughs> let's crack on with the show. Climate change, right? So first up, I'm conscious there are people who listen to my podcast that, that won't even subscribe to it, right? They just think, it's just, just lefty bullshit, Jeff, Yeah. They're just jealous of the size of our cars. Look, that could be true, but at the very least, you have to acknowledge that the majority of respectable scientists think it's happening. There's been a lot of fuss about it recently. Obviously, we had uh, we had the kids bunking off school. Sorry, protesting for the day. You, you, you can bunk off school if you're doing something that makes teachers feel good about themselves. It was funny, wasn't it? Because they bunked off school the first time, and everyone's like, oh my God, so it just just makes me feel so passionate you know good you know and we discussed this last time about lefties and young people and then when they did it like a couple of weeks later it was like all the teachers and parents hadn't thought it through oh oh, shit this might be a thing yeah because that's what teenagers are like they're smart and they're devious and if they realize they're onto a wheeze because at first i bet you any money the kids bunking off were the really politically motivated ones but then you had all the roughnecks that were like hang on well, they weren't in school last week. Yeah, what? What? Yeah, climate change. I'm all about the climate change, mate. Yeah, I'm all. I'm not going to go to the march. I'm going to do my own march uh, in my bedroom with some weed and Xbox Live, right? And then you know that those those same parents that were that were very pro their kids going on the climate change march. If they were if they were still wanting a bunk of school around like uh, at Sats time, right? When they've paid for all that personal tuition. No, look, Phoebe, we just, look, you know, I really, I really support, you know, your views on the planet, but I also support the fact I've been paying £20 an hour for a mass tutor. Okay, so I'm going to lock you in your room. So why, why are we doing so little about climate change, given that, that essentially uh, most people seem to think it's a thing? I See, the weird thing is not like I, I, I'm not doing anything, right? Now, that's not to say that I don't accept that it's happening. It's even worse than that. It's that I do accept it's happening, and I still don't give a fuck, right? Now that is that's not good. I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah, that's why the podcast is called What Most People Think, right? I'm just saying it. I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? Because I if I believed it, I would care. And I do believe it, but I'm not doing anything about it. I wonder if it comes down to the language on some level, right? Because all the words around it sound quite gentle, don't they? You know, like global warming. Since when since, since when has anything warming been a bad thing? Warming is almost always a good word. Yeah, do you want that? Do you want that warmed up, sir? Yeah, yeah, well, actually, yeah. Do you want that? Um, always a very warm human being. Oh, your ass is warm. That third example wasn't a good example, but you get the drift, right? Climate change. Climate change just sounds. Climate change sounds like a feature on a new Kia Sportage, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, so I got the Kia Sportage. Of course, it came with uh, climate change as standard. Oh, very nice, Barry. Nice new motor. 
Climate change. It does. They needed. They needed to give it right from the the get go. They needed to uh, give it something scary, like global global weather fuck apocalypse. <laughs> you know, something that just got your attention. Because this has been my issue with a lot of government campaigns of late. Is that I'm broadly speaking, I don't like the government intervening, but I do think if you're gonna try and change public opinion, then don't piss about. Right. When I was a kid, public health videos, right, or adverts were bleak. They were so... Do you remember the AIDS advert? Do you remember that? Everyone, even like my generation, just say AIDS. Even though actually, you know, rates of uh, AIDS... <laughs> it, oh, God. This is a terrible thing where I have to admit that I find AIDS to be a funny word. And don't act. Don't judge me, okay? It's not to say that... I, look, I cried at Philadelphia. It's not to say that I, I think it's funny, but it's just one of those words that has so much power, Right, and part of the reason it has the power is because when we was growing up, there was an advert, and if you're a bit younger, uh, you might have seen this on these kind of list shows, but but it's just like it was this this graveyard, like something like from the thriller video, but you know, I mean, uh, and in the, it had uh, a gravestone, and it's AIDS is not prejudice. As basically saying, you're going to get AIDS, you're, you're probably going to get AIDS. Was was the the general message of the video to the point where. I actually thought I might have AIDS before while I was still a virgin. That was the power of the AIDS advert. I I was wanking with gloves on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still do that, but for very different reason. Um, so so that's what we need. That's what we need, but with climate change, because the message isn't getting through, is it? And if my son is listening to this in the in the future, and you know where we live looks like the surface of Venus. I'm sorry. I can't explain why we were sleepwalking our way through this. I mean, one of the things the government have done is, is recycling. And I, I think that that is, in a way, just a way of distracting us, isn't it? Like, just, just to convince us that we're doing something. So you're standing there, you know, you're kind of washing your Tetra pack, right? You know, just getting that bit of yogurt out of there. I mean, if you're a really tremendous human being, you know, if, if you had an old bottle of salad cream, you would, you would open it, rinse it, leave it by the side. It's so ridiculous, isn't it, thinking that this shit will count in the long run. I think that's because they're smart, right? I think what's happening is they've, the governments of the world, right, and I'm wearing my tinfoil hat as I say this, have kind of realised that we're already too far, we're already too far gone, right? So they've gone shit. But if the people realised how imminent this is, they would freak out and we wouldn't have any continuity. And so what they really need is to plan their, their huge spaceships to go and live in another galaxy, uh, but they need our resources in the meantime. So to placate us, they've, uh, they, this is, just, I didn't realise how mad this was going to sound, but they've got us like washing, recycling, just thinking on some level that this is going to make a difference. It's like, you know, like how like you give old people knitting needles and it distracts them from the inevitability of death. I think that that's what sorting through recycling is for us. I think we, well, I think we passed that point a long time ago, mate. I reckon we passed the point before we even started thinking about it being a problem. I reckon it was... All right, right, get one of those old family photos, right? You know those one, those kind of like uh, registry office weddings that, that you was you was there when you was like two. You are in the photo and stuff. Everyone's got fucked up hair and it's all orange. And everyone's smoking. You, you know, you can tell that the men were drinking the night before and on the day and we're going to drink the good old days. Right, lads? That photo there, you see in the background, right? See your your, your aunt, your auntie Jean, yeah. She, there's no women called Jean anymore. Was there some sort of like sacrifice in the mid eighties of women called Jean? 
Uh, I knew loads back in the day. But anyway, behind there, behind Gene, Gene and Mick, you know Gene and Mick, right? There's a, there's a Ford Capri. And it, when they started that car, that was the exact moment, right? That was the exact moment that the planet tipped over <laughs> into global weather apocalypse. And there's a lot of hypocrisy, isn't there? Have you, have you ever noticed that about, like, there's a direct sort of correlation between your mate that uses eco-washing-up powder and also takes the most long-haul flights a year? There is some sort of line, some cognitive dissonance, right? I'm going to use the posh word there, cognitive dissonance. It's just a fancy way of saying, I suppose, that, God, is he going to be exposed to something? Oh, my God, I'm going to have to check what that means. Okay, cognitive dissonance. It's the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitude, especially as relating to behavioural decisions and attitude. Is that altitude? Of course it's attitude. Why would it be altitude, James? Jeff. Anyway, so we have a lot of that, right? And you suddenly, you, you know exactly what uh, cognitive dissonance is. Basically, it's what everybody on the liberal left has, isn't it? That tension between what they say that they think should happen, but actually the way that they live in their lives... Uh, runs contrary to that. The people that are most worried about the planet, probably the most likely to fuck off to Thailand three times a year. So I guess what most people think about global warming is that it's happening, it's a problem, we should all do something about it, but we're not, and hopefully someone else will sort it out, and if it doesn't, then we will just fry like eggs on the surface of planet Earth. So just a quick plug, the tour, okay? Tickets are selling for this. Thank you for all the people in Glasgow, Belfast, Aberdeen and whatnot, that kicked on nicely. Everywhere uh, has had a, just like Amy Winehouse had a nice little bump recently. That was boo, I don't care. So yeah, but I'm also gonna plug, I'm also gonna plug the email address again. I, I, I wanna hear from you guys. This sounds needy now, doesn't it? What most people think UK at gmail.com. I wanna get that community going, guys. Let's get talking, let's get sharing. Uh, I also wanna recommend a podcast, actually. Um, Chris Ramsey and Rosie Ramsey. It's called Shagged, Married, Annoyed. It's absolutely crushing it, so it's been at the top of the charts. And essentially, if, you, if, you want, if you're want, if you just getting into podcasts, this is the reason I say it, because a few people have said to me, look, I didn't even listen to podcasts till I listened to yours, Jeff. Uh, there, are, there are loads of good ones out there, but this is, um, this is like totally non-political. And it's called Shagged, Married, Annoyed. It's a good title as well. But they, uh, it's just, they're just a married couple, young married couple, and they're talking and they're bickering, and it is, it's really good fun, and it's weird, because I've worked with Chris, he's a good lad and stuff, but I now feel like I know him intimately, and his life, so it's going to be weird next time I see him, because I kind of feel like I'm up to date with his marriage. So yeah, you know, people think about how they can support the podcast, it, obviously it's free, I don't want anything back, all you got to do is just buy a ticket for the tour, go online, look at the dates, the one that's nearest you, get a ticket, go to that or don't even go there just buy the ticket do you know what I mean just uh I'm not doing this Patreon stuff sponsor me you know <laughs> it's like a scholarship well done Jim like a sponsoring a fucking diseased donkey <laughs> um so yeah that's what you need to do buy a ticket okay so I've spoke about corporate virtue signaling before on the mash report the idea that companies just want to make you think that they're just great guys. You know, hey, look, we, we worry about the right things. So if we worry about that, maybe you'll buy some of our shit. Um, so co-op have now gotten in. Now, now, in fairness to co-op, right, that is kind of written into their constitution. The way that they do business, they were very far ahead of the thing on the fair trade stuff. So I've always had a certain amount of respect that they were early adopters. Uh, they went gender neutral. They're going gender neutral on their gingerbread man. Now, first up... Pret and Monje already did this, yeah, you hacks. Pret and Monje already got rid of 
Poor old Godfrey. Now, first up, is this, does this add anything, right? Do I have any radical feminists listening? Maybe not, after the comments about the ironing earlier. Do I? Because this isn't, is this smashing the ceiling? I don't think it is. I don't think that this changes anything. It's just purely cosmetic. And people might say, well, why are you getting wound up about it, Jeff? Because I don't like change, all right? Have we not lost enough as men, our dignity, working men's club, gentlemen's clubs? Now we lose our fucking soul control over gingerbread men. Gingerbread man, it's not even that heavily gendered. When you look at a gingerbread man, are you thinking, oh, well, there goes a symbol of the patriarchy? That's probably, that probably accounts for 90% of the gender pay gap right there. The fact that gingerbread men are called gingerbread men. I just, I just don't believe that anybody cares about this stuff, right? I believe that what this is, is that people are in companies and they're sitting around and then I, probably maybe one of the younger, like, write-on types in marketing, millennial type, has this idea. Everyone's so fucking terrified of shooting it down because of the climate that we live in. Yeah, let's make... Let's, yeah, great idea. Great idea. Let's let's make gin, yeah, gingerbread. Why do... Yeah, why do they... That's This is what straight, straight white men would do in that meeting because we're so terrified of our own extinction. We... <laughs> If you see it, they go, yeah, this, no, that Maria, great, no, I'm so on board with this. And then they'll probably overdo it to the point where she knows she's being patronised. I, I just think that growing up, I used to look at Gingerbread Man and go, that's bullshit, man. That is some bullshit right there. Yeah, we've just had so much of this recently. It's so transparent. And obviously, I'm playing a part of it, aren't I? I'm talking about co-op. Every time I mention co-op, I'm doing, well, I'm going I'm to advertise, who's, who's their main competitor? I don't even know. Tesco's, Tesco's, Tesco. I'll advert, I'll, I'll advertise any companies for free. This is because my free advertising campaigns have worked really well up to this point. That, that stick with Gingerbread Man, okay? Just don't take this away from us because, you know, they'll come for everything in the end. You know, they'll come for, do you think they won't come for Father Christmas one day? An old white guy. I mean, like, you only a quick cursory look at Twitter. Suggest that their stock is not high currently, all right? So I don't want to... You know what? As I say that, I do think that when it comes to Christmas, probably old white men are the people that do least to make Christmas happen. So I've talked myself into a feminist corner here. I think that you can have oppression, uh, Bill, factored into language. But I think what most people think is that leave the fucking gingerbread man alone. about male body image here uh, i did the trigger pod recently uh, these guys they do a podcast but they also do it on youtube check out trigger pod it's very good and they get all sorts of uh, modern geniuses on to discuss stuff so naturally i was on the show and we spoke about a whole range of issues and i felt like it had gone pretty well we had an interesting chat and then at the end of it they said to me throwing forward what do you think everybody would be talking about uh in the medium term future right and i said well, you know, the, the pressure on men to look good, right? Male body image. And they laughed. And I they laughed so quickly and suddenly that I felt like I really fucked up. Like I really made an idiot out of myself. Um, but look, I, you know, I'm just, the problem is I'm just ahead of cur the curve on this, as usual, right? And I think that as we've been swinging the pendulum back, you know, from focus on how women look, to, to it, well, the thing is, there is still that pressure on women to look good. But instead of changing that or getting rid of that, we just said, oh, men need to be under as much pressure. So that's not really making life better for anybody. It's more like uh, the, the misery of equality. 
And women have been getting very confident of late, haven't they, talking about how men look. Have you noticed that? You know, with programmes like Pole Dark and The Bodyguard, women women make lewd comments these days, quite quite freely, right? Just about men, you know, about their abs and their, their arms and... And they're sort of enjoying this newfound liberty. And if you challenge them about it, they'll often say, well, you know, well, men have been doing that for years. And I go, well, actually, right, first up, I, I, most decent men haven't been doing that for a, a what, even possibly pre-Me Too. I mean, look, I'm not saying we... Well, it's just been driven underground, isn't it? I mean, we, basically, we still say the most disgusting stuff, but we've been... We, we're in WhatsApp groups now. That's what's happened to men. We're just... <laughs> So I'm just conscious of this. I've got a son, and I see this rising pressure for men to, to look good. Now, first, I don't care. Now, I am of that generation that I, I just got got away with this, essentially. I got, to, I got to get a beautiful wife without ever really hitting my target BMI. You know, because I, I, you know, I believe what my mum told me. My mum told me my brilliant personality is better than any six-pack. So the article, let me get, let me get the article. So, the actor Richard Madden, he said, he's, what did he say? He said, we're just feeding the same shit that we're against. Um, he says he's feeding a, a very unrealistic body image, right? I get, it must be weird, right? It must be weird if your job is is acting, you know, that tough job of pretending to be other people. It's very brave. It always pisses me off with actors when they talk about taking on brave roles. You know, you're, you're pretending to be someone fatter than you or someone with a disability, isn't it? <laughs> Not fucking brave, is it? But you know, now a lot of these actors, these male actors in particular, having to spend a lot of time in the gym. That must feel odd. That would be odd for me as a comic. No, I think that at the end of the day, you know, you're in you're in the cinema game, but you you you're there to be lusted after, right? I don't wanna see I don't wanna see ugly people in films. <laughs> Again, this is what my, what most people think is about. Don't be judging me, okay? If I'm seeing the leading man and the, and this applies to men and women. I want to see attractive people, yeah, because that's what cinema is. It's fantasy. I want to see sexy people on a massive fucking screen. I want to see people that look like me. What annoys me is the way that the, the actresses, female actors, I don't know, what do you call them these days, right? It's that they say how much pressure there is on them to look good in Hollywood. And I just think for a while there's been just as much pressure on the blokes, but the blokes haven't spoken out about it. I mean, you look at, like, any of these superhero guys, Thor... Helm, all the Helmsworth brothers, you know. Robert Downey Jr. There's an example. What is he? Fucking 65 or something? You know what I mean? He's got the body of a 20-year-old. That is... How much How much time... How much? How badly have you got to want it if you're Robert Downey Jr. to still be putting in the hours to look like that? I mean, you are... You're wealthy beyond... You, you couldn't spend that money in your lifetime, but he is still hitting the fucking cross-trainer at 6 a.m., because he still wants to just get fat, Robert. Because the thing is, right, and I'd say it's arguably harder. If you're a male actor that needs to be shredded, that's hard. Because if you're a woman and you've got a good body and you're slim, everyone would love the way you look because you've got a good body. So all you really need to do is lose weight, stay in shape. But being shredded like these guys are, having these... No, that's not fucking natural, is it? If you just simply lose weight... You're not going to have guns like Helmsworth, are you? You know what I mean? You're not, or, or, or like Richard Madden. You're not going to have one his fucking eight-pack running down there, you know. It does affect men's mental health, right? There's a condition that a lot of young men are increasingly getting called bigorexia. Now, look it up. It, is, it sounds shit. I mean, like most things with the men's movement, like menonism, 
bigorexia. It sounds shit, but what it is is a, a lot of lads that are trying to, you know, put on bulk and stuff, and they just don't ever believe that they're big enough. So when they see, they look in the mirror, right? Even if they're they're huge, they see small, tiny person. And I don't know, I don't know how far that goes. You know what I mean? If they're trying to get in fucking cat flaps. <laughs> Oh, sorry, look, I know it's a serious thing. So so these things do uh, have an impact. And I think that what will happen is, now, like I say, it's not so much of an issue for a man of my age. You know, I've had, I've had the privilege, as, as much as you can kick back on certain ideas of universal male privilege, one thing is there was definitely less pressure on my generation of men <clears throat> to look good. So I'm out of the game. But now you take my son, now he gets to, by the time he gets to 20, he's going to grow up with, you know, probably more equal pay, right? He's going to grow up with more scrutiny on the way that he looks. Now, you go, you know, if he's 20 working as a waiter, we will know that true equality has been hit. Is if, you know, there's a group of rowdy middle-aged women and they're making comments and then he reports one of them. That's what's going to start happening. Because they won't, why, why would they not, right? They don't They don't feel like they, they should take that shot because they're ahead in the game of life. They just think, no, I don't, I don't fancy you, I didn't want that comment. And then I bet you any money, right? I bet you any money. What will happen is it will go full circle and those women, they'll react like those dirty old bastards from the 70s, won't they? They, they won't be able to compute. They'll, they'll, what do you mean? We're just having a laugh. We're just having a laugh. Oh, you got no sense of it. Why don't you try smiling, love? Wait, were you gay? And they were, hey, whoa, then that is like, that is out, out of the question. So I think that, you know, like, I know it's a cliche to say the pendulum swung too far, but certainly in the area of looks, it is going to a place that's going to get very interesting for the next generation of men coming through. But I think that I think that what most people think about the focus on the way that men look is that, ah, you know, it kind of goes with the territory of being a man that you just have to take the odd comment. But I think what's going to happen is as time goes on, there'll be a new generation of men that are going to push back hard about this. And so uh, just watch yourself, ladies. Okay, men's mental health. We didn't talk about it. We spoke about grief last time, and it was quite a, a heavy one. This one's slightly on the lighter side of things, which is um, is about being present. Yeah, I went on a uh, in the line of my work. I went and had a, a session with a men's group recently. Yeah, let's just chat, chaps. Let's just have a chat. And one of the things that comes up is, are you present in your personal life with your with your wife and your kid? Um, and I think that you know, undeniably, this is an issue. That, that many men have, right? It's like it's like you're there, but you're not fucking there at the same time. And the the best articulation of, of this I've ever seen in film was in the uh, in the film This Is Forty. Totally underrated film, very funny. But at the beginning, Paul Rudd is like locked in the toilet just on his phone. And how many men do that now? You know, how many men just sitting? The worst thing about it as well is I think women might even like respect it more if you was looking at porn because at least you think you're following some primitive masculine urge. But it's not, is it? It's the appeal of the bathroom isn't so you can look. It's so it's because you can lock the door, isn't it? That's how the men trying to within their own households just trying to isolate themselves from the group. Now, there's obviously an element of shame that goes in feeling like this. You think why? Why do I sometimes seek to do this? Well, I think we're not so far. We're not so far from our origins, right? From the old hunter-gatherer thing that we spent 99% of our life as humans doing. And look, forget being in the toilet, even when you're sitting with your, your family. If, if women knew just how selfish we are, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I know that they know we're selfish, but imagine, lads. Imagine if they knew just how selfish. You're getting told off for being self-absorbed, and like halfway through that sentence, you're thinking like, 
I wonder what the title for the new Star Wars is going to be. I think they're going to go with Balance of the Force. I think that I think it makes sense. I mean, it kind of sounds a little bit like an antiperspirant advert. And then you tune back in, and there's no men. You you'll know that look, ladies, right? That terrified look on a man's face where he knows he's missed a fucking crucial detail. You know, but we are. We're not present enough, and it's true. And it was even worse with our dad's generations. Do you remember when they uh, come along for a family event, and they would think that that just being there in a physical form was enough. They just pitch up on the couch and expect to be bought things. Ah, yeah, look, I'm jealous that they were able to do that. But it's not acceptable, right? Because it doesn't make you happy in the long run. I thought, you know, it's the same with parenting as well. Is I am, I'm, good, I'm good with the parenting with the physical stuff, you know? My son, like, take him out to the park, take him to a soft play area, take him to a, a museum about modern warfare. <laughs> what, I, what I'm not so good at doing with him is if we're in the house, right... I don't know, just doing that focused one-on-one stuff, like getting out, doing the arts and crafts. I don't want to... I don't like I don't like getting shit out. Women seem to be up for that. Okay, right, let's get a flat surface. Let's get the splash mat out. Let's get the scissors. Let's get the... Feet. I'm like, immediately, I feel like a primary school teacher. I, I don't want to be in this place. I'm... I, but sometimes when you do do that stuff, right, if you do commit to it and you get the Play-Doh out, uh, and then you find it is fun once you... You gotta put stuff away. Women, women just happy getting stuff out. I don't like getting stuff out, and the phone is an issue, isn't it? Because it's, it is. I know it's, it's a cliche thing to say, but it is like a drug, isn't it? To the point where, if you ever had this thing, you think I'm just gonna turn it off. I'm just gonna turn it off for the rest of the day. You kid yourself, do you? At midday, you think you know what? I'm not very present at the moment. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna turn my phone off. I'm gonna t- but then you act like a drug addict, don't you? Because you think not only am I gonna turn it off, I'm gonna put it in my sock drawer. I'm just gonna put it beyond use. Okay, but then the phone starts calling to you, doesn't it? It's like, Jeff, Jeff, it's your phone. You're missing out on some stuff, boy. Yeah, man. There's, uh, yeah, okay, no, spend time with your son, Jeff. I'm just saying that there might be like a mad video of a South American goalkeeper that scored a goal with his cock. Do you not want to, do you not want to get in early on that, Jeff? Do you not want the credit of being an early sharer of that? People, you know, no, okay, fine. You know, there's some hot takes out there that you're missing. It's important. Or people saying things you disagree with that need to be taken down with a sarcastic, ironic comment. But yeah, that's fine. Play the Play-Doh. I'm just saying Kanye is just identified as white. So look, it's an issue. There's that part of men's brains. There's a lot of great stuff about being men, but that bit is a bit fucked. It doesn't sit that well with the modern world, just how much time we spend um, with our families these days. But it's just worth being conscious of, isn't it? It's just worth being conscious of. Either that, or throw your phone in a fucking river. So that is the podcast. I know I'm shouting. (laughs) That's the podcast. Fuck. Uh, That is the podcast for uh, this week. Thank you very much for listening. Rate, recommend, review, buy tickets, YouTube, anything, all that stuff. And as usual, if you leave a review, there's every chance I'm going to read it out as I'm about to now. And I think it's only, given the the amount of stuff I've said in this podcast about women and and I appealed for women to to let me know if they were listening to the podcast, we've had a few reviews from women. And this is from uh, Lefty Bird, who likes podcasts. That's what she's called herself. She called herself that, Lefty Bird. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm already intrigued by this lady. She's she's both on the progressive side of politics, but but so far so she's so progressive that she actually calls herself a bird. That is that's blown my mind. Uh, she said, "Hi Jeff, you were wondering. I've got to do a voice for this, haven't I?" All right. So she's uh, she says at the end that she'll see me in Birmingham. Um, so obviously it's going to be a Brummie accent. 
Hi, Jeff. You wondered if women listening, yes, I do. I also leave stuff. Brummies always sound a little bit defeated, don't they? Sorry. They do. They do, don't they? It's always like, well, you know, just found it. You know, they just like found out that they didn't win Euro Millions. Not, not a big, <laughs> not a big life disappointment, but just one of those little, eh. Hi, Jeff. You were wondering if women listen, and yes, I do. I also leave stuff at the bottom step of the step. No. F- Did I, have I mentioned the bottom step of the stairs before? How has, have I done this in a previous podcast? Well, this is embarrassing. If I have, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I, I do do it in my talk about it in my stand-up, so maybe she means that. I also leave stuff at the bottom step of stairs in sad hope that some other bugger... Oh, that's such a brummy word, isn't it? Some other bugger. No one else can say that other than brummies. They're owning that word. Uh, will eventually put it away. See you in Birmingham. Yes, the Birmingham show is uh, the... Uh, <laughs> fucking look at me, cynical comedian. <gasps> yeah, what a great opportunity for me to plug my fucking shows yet again. Jesus, comedian. Being a comedian, I tell you, don't, don't ever get into it. If my son ever listens to this in the future... Just do a respect and be a fucking hedge fund manager. Do you know what I mean? Just anything other than this where you're desperately punting yourself. But having said that, the Birmingham Glee, it's one of the shows in the autumn. It's on a Sunday. It's in the main room. So don't leave me hanging, Birmingham. We sold out the smaller room. Come to the bigger room. And listen, whatever you're doing uh, this, I think, uh, Easter weekend, have a great Easter. And remember, that you know, Jesus, Jesus was a Ramona, wasn't he? Because he refused to accept the result, but still ended up, still ended up dying. Right, that was a terrible way to finish the podcast. Look, enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm.